fly around. Little green peas from the ground. Buttermilk biscuits, nice and brown. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Butter beans, peas, beets, and chard. Chickens running in the yard. Catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop 'em black gang candy stripes. Look at 'em loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. I will say, I mean, we're very rigid. I mean, it's not like. We baby or pacify or overly, you know, they're here to do a job, yes. and uh, they know they're here to do a job, and uh, they take that responsibility very seriously. And uh, so they come prepared. You know, they bring their water, they bring their snack. You know, hopefully they've got their sunscreen on, and uh, from the moment they they hit the greenhouse till the time they leave, they're they're involved in some activity from that course. Welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast, a show that is dedicated to the people of the state of Tennessee who produce, prepare, and preserve food and agriculture, often with that Mountain South Appalachian flair. And on occasion, I just might have a guest from our neighbors from surrounding states here in the Southeast. This is your hostess and producer, Amy Campbell. The theme song that you just heard was sung and produced by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. She's from Madisonville, Tennessee. And today we are setting the table with culinary herbs and cut flowers grown by an organization called Special Growers. I just love to feature good stories from Tennessee through agriculture, and this is one of those stories. This organization was created to develop job skills for individuals with disabilities through agriculture, and it's become a very important resource for area chefs who buy their products. And we're also going to hear about that Chattanooga, Tennessee favorite, the Moon Pie. Our guests today are Kent Davis, who is one of the founders of Special Growers, and food writer Fred Saussman with his Potluck Radio series on that Moon Pie. And our first guest is Kent Davis. He is one of the co-founders of Special Growers and a parent of a child who benefited from this organization. Kent is a really savvy businessman, and this model could be replicated just about anywhere. I met Kent at the farm in Blount County, Tennessee. What's the reason behind Special Growers? Yeah, Special Growers was um, the idea of a a number of parents uh, about 11 years ago uh, who had children in the uh, local school systems that uh, were were in the special ed departments with certain different levels of disability. And, you know, as these individuals, you know, were getting to age uh, in the state of Tennessee, it's it's age 22 that you can you can stay and maintain 
um, high school residents, uh, but then after 22, you know, you're, you graduate one way or the other, right? And so a lot of these individuals, you know, were uh, needing somewhere to what I call land and, and to go after high school because, you know, for these individuals, there's not a lot of job opportunity. It's not like they're going to college. Uh, it's not like there's people waiting at their door to give them a job or anything like that. So at 22, everything kind of stops. You know, they no longer go to school. Uh, they no longer have that socialization that occurs at school. So, uh, like I said, a set of parents, probably about four or five different uh, parent, and uh, we all got together and we talked about, so what, what comes next? And so we came up with an idea of putting together a nonprofit that would provide different opportunities uh, for these young adults to uh, have somewhere to go but to learn skills uh, uh, so that they could apply that to maybe future job opportunities as they continue to grow and mature. And so Special Growers was formed you know, to provide that environment to uh, host individuals who come. Um, it's a work setting, uh, so they learn everything from how to put gloves on to how to wash our hands both when we come in when we leave to how to sign in and log our time, how to use you know basic tools you know and uh, to work within an environment that allows individuals to kind of grow at their own pace. We've got a lot of individuals who have worked with us for the entire 11 years. Uh, I've got some that'll work with us for a year or two and then they'll move on to other opportunities. Like I said, the individuals who are, who are here are looking for that next step in their life and um, this gives them that opportunity to kind of try out you know, some different thoughts and things like that. Uh, some of the young adults we've had over the years have full employment with different uh, businesses in the area. Some have chosen to continue their education uh, and some have chosen to be just regular staff members here. And so all of that's good. And of course each year the, the population doesn't get any smaller. So we have more and more that are wanting to come and work here. And our philosophy has been that you know anybody that wants to come work here that's got a disability has a job. Most of them are working probably an average of two or three times a week. They do get paid for their, uh, their efforts and what they do here. So I think it's a really good environment for them just to, to have that chance to transition from school and just kind of settle and, and figure out, they and their parents, you know, what's the next option for them. Absolutely. And I was reading that over these 11 years, y'all have developed jobs here at the farm. So you do employ people that have gone through the training, is that right? Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, again, the intent is to provide job skills, but also provide employment. And so uh, currently we have about 21 staff members that are on payroll with us right now that are disabled that um, work through the course of the year all year long and uh, they are full employees so they're being paid a salary and, uh, and for the time that they're working and things like that out here and you know we really couldn't operate without their their help for what we do because the other side of special growers is that we are a business you know we do you know provide fresh 
herbs and, and now fresh cut flowers to the uh, restaurant industry in this general area. And so we do seek to, you know, provide quality products. So the labor that we're using, you know, with both our individual staff members and the volunteers and everyone else, it's very serious for them to come in to work and to know that their efforts that day are contributing to, you know, such a meaningful way, you know, in the way we work with the restaurants. When your heart's in the right place, it just seems like things work. Absolutely. I mean, when we started 11 years ago, the beginnings of what we started with were so simple and so basic. Uh, at the time, like I said, you know, there was a, a, probably four or five different sets of parents that we all formed to create something. And our, our initial thoughts were, well, let's just create a garden and let's grow enough product that we can go to the farmer's market on Saturday and, you know, give the kids something to do and sell and, you know, experience, you know, this, this involvement and such. And we very quickly realized that that was not the right model for us. Um, you know, the, these farmer's markets, you know, there's very professional um, farming uh, organizations who, who provide there. And, you know, for us it was just, uh, we were so simple and it just wasn't a good, the good model for us. So we did, tried to diversify and to get very unique in some of the product we offer. And that's how we got into these herbs and now ultimately into the flowers. Um, but um, it's, um, it is, it's, you know, it's been a, it's been a real journey and uh, one that, you know, has been very uh, beneficial, I think, for all involved so far. Well, it sure makes our community better, Kent. Well, you've got a lot of support from restaurants in our area. And uh, what are some of the people who buy from you? Yeah, we traditionally work with more of the um, higher-end restaurants, the ones that are very concerned about garden-to-table type of philosophy, fresh use of product, things like that. So some of the restaurants just here in Maryville, very well known. You know, we, we work with Foothills Milling Company. We work with Walnut Kitchen. We work with all the Blackberry restaurants from Blackberry Farms. Um, you know, there's some other restaurants we work with locally in Knoxville. We do a lot on the Market Square area. Uh, Amelia comes to mind. Uh, Knox Mason comes to mind. Adopo Pizza over there comes to mind. Um, and a few others that we work with. And now we're beginning to expand into more of the central part of Knoxville around Kingston Pike. We've got a couple restaurants there. So, you know, it's, it's, it's something that... Uh, we're not really driving the demand. Demand finds us. Mm -hmm. And so as new restaurants open, like there's a new one getting ready to open up on Jackson Avenue in the Old City, they've already inquired about using us as a supplier for their herbs even before they've actually opened the doors. And so that's kind of where things have evolved through the network of chefs who talk to one another, mm -hmm. the quality of the product that we provide we frequently have people who reach out to us more than us targeting restaurants at this point. The success we've had with, again, some of the original restaurants and those chefs has really grown the business to new restaurants as they open up.
Oh, we've, we've got a very broad spectrum of, of herbs that we produce. In the summer, the, everybody's looking for basil. You know, basil goes with tomatoes. So as tomatoes start to come in season, basil is a very high demand. And we probably produce and harvest probably 25 to 30 pounds of basil now uh, a week uh, across some of the different restaurants we have. Um, and again, it depends on the type of restaurant as to what they're looking for. We have some that are more of a an Italian-based restaurant, you know, or a pizza-type restaurant, and they traditionally use a lot more of your basil, your oregano's, parsley's, you know, things like that. And then we have some more traditional restaurants, and you know, they're using more of our our thyme and and things like the parsley. We sell parsley by the tons, you know, on a regular seasonal basis. I've had a lot of chefs comment on our parsley and talk about how it is by far the best they have ever worked with, both a taste and from the way that it's presented and such. You know, uh, I get that compliment all the time about this parsley that we grow. Um, so, you know, again, it's a very broad variety. And then also in the summers, we add in some additional items like peppers, you know, we, we grow uh, right now bananas and jalapenos and bell peppers uh, during the summer. Last year we dabbled with okra, uh, and so we had a lot of restaurants who wanted that okra. Uh, there's always things that we'll introduce and just kind of see if it's something that the restaurants are wanting. And most often it is, because most of the restaurants we work with are so diverse in their menus, they're looking for, again, fresh product that they can get. And so one of the special things about what we offer and why I think we're so uh, thought of by the local chefs is that everything is so fresh. We harvest in the mornings between 9 and 11.30 for that day's orders and they're delivered within an hour of coming out of the garden. So, I mean, it's fresh for that evening's meal preparation for the restaurants, and it's almost like we're their backyard garden. And, you know, so it's that quick, it's that fresh, and I think it makes that significance of, a, of an impression to diners when they're out eating, you know, to see those quality ingredients and the freshness of those ingredients. Absolutely. You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. Our topic today is Special Growers, a nonprofit organization that specializes in growing culinary herbs and cut flowers for regional restaurants while offering workforce development and employment for people with disabilities. Well, welcome back. Today we're visiting with Kent Davis of Special Growers based out of Maryville, Tennessee. Kent, thanks again so much for your time. Sure. We've briefly touched on the employment that Special Growers offers, and can you tell us how this affects the lives of the people who are the growers here at Special Growers? Yeah, absolutely. A number of individuals, when they first come to work at Special Growers, uh, again, these staff and disabled individuals that we hire normally are very socially reserved. Okay, and so, you know, coming into an environment where they don't know a lot of the individuals and it's kind of a new setting, it's not the school environment anymore, it's a work environment, is a real challenge for a lot of these young adults. Um, we, we really emphasize including them into the activities of the day. Our 
director over all of our operations, her name is Maria Laughlin, just does a tremendous job of assigning the day-to-day activities for each individual based on their level of ability and contribution. You know, we've got some that, you know, are very suited to go and help us harvest, you know, some of this, you know, large volumes of herbs that we produce. Um, so they're, they're cutting and they're prepping and they're preparing and they're weighing and getting ready for the orders. Uh, we've got some individuals that uh, are not quite up to that task yet, so they're more uh, helping us with some of the more uh, maintenance activities we do. Um, you know, we have to water consistently out here because the summer months are so dry and so humid that we've got to put a lot more water than we would in the winter. So there's always watering opportunities, but as we continue to broaden and expand, there's also a lot of need to move dirt, to create boxes, to plant seeds, to continue to expand, and some of our individuals are are more suited for those kind of responsibilities. So again, Maria does a great job of of assigning those tasks that are meaningful for that individual during that day. And the biggest thing that I've noticed, again, these are individuals that have been with us for a a few years, is they're overall independent from where they started. Um, A lot of times in school, you know, these individuals may be shadowed by someone or they may be, you know, in a one-to-one or one-to-two setting or environment. What I notice here is that once they learn their, their activity and their tasks that they're working through and working assigned, they're very independent. So they come out here and it, they're part of a large team and a large group performing the things that they've been assigned at their own speed, and, uh, but a part of a much larger grouping of individuals who you know, perform the daily activity of harvest and delivery. So I can't tell you the number of individuals. I've got one individual who could barely walk out of their car and now this individual walks very unassisted uh, throughout the garden at will, you know, and has learned to adapt to the ever-changing environment of the, the, the terrain that we, we work with. I've got one individual who's non-verbal and very shy, very reserved, and even though she's still non-verbal, she works so independently and she's so socially involved and engaged with all the other work. So I think this setting provides clear opportunity for them to expand and grow. There's no judgments, uh, there's no speed, there's no one pushing them. You know, it's pretty much at your pace and and it's okay to uh, make mistakes, but uh, most of the time they do such a great job. And it's just so rewarding to see the growth that many of these individuals make after being here, you know, maybe a year or two. I will say, I mean, we're very rigid. I mean, it's not like mm-hmm. we baby or pacify or overly, you know, they're mm-hmm. here to do a job. Yes. and. Uh, they know they're here to do a job and uh, they take that responsibility very seriously and uh, so they come prepared you know they bring their water they bring their snack you know hopefully they've got their sunscreen on and uh, from the moment they they hit the greenhouse till the time they leave they're they're involved in some activity from that course there's nothing better and the reward that comes from it by taking our business seriously yeah, absolutely. And, you know, again, 
this is not necessarily for everybody. Uh, it's hard work. It's manual. Uh, and, you know, it, it's sometimes, like right now in the summer, it's very hot. And, you know, it's dirty. You know, I talk to people all the time and say, you know, if you're not okay with sweating and you're not okay getting your hands dirty, it's probably not the right job right now for you. Uh, but uh, so many individuals, once they get out here, they see the gardens, they see how peaceful it is, and uh, become a part of the team um, of uh, individuals they work with for that period of the day. I'll tell you a story. We, one of the programs that we run in addition to the, the employment is we have a, a school work program that we do in the fall with the four local high schools in the area. So in addition to our staff that we have, we also work with the different high schools one day a week and they bring their special ed students to us and they, they kind of extend our working model for that day. So we could have 15 or 20 you know, additional staff show up on any given day from a school. And this one particular school shows up on Friday. When they open the door, the students are just running to come in to be a part of what we're doing. You know, they're wearing their special little special grower shirts, you know, that they wore to school. And, you know, for them on that day, they're a part of our business. They're a part of our organization. And they're very proud of that. And they're so excited about being here, participating, and the way that their teachers are also actively involved. Again, it just provides a broader extension to the business that we operate. And again, we couldn't do the volume of what we do without these individuals uh, in these different programs. Right now in the summer, we have a summer work program. And uh, the basis of our summer work program is that anybody in the community who's disabled, who needs a summer job, we hire you. We don't ask what your disability is. We don't care. Everybody's included. And all, all you have to do is just provide a good work ethic and want to be a part of a larger group. And um, so again, as individuals come out in the summer, they're looking for a summer job. You know, again, a lot of these individuals are school age, uh, summer past school. But, you know, again, there's not a lot of summer jobs for these individuals too. So, you know, we get a very large volume. And so sometimes our ranks will almost double in the summer um, just because they want a job as well. They want to be able to do something meaningful between the school seasons and uh, we give them that opportunity out here. You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. Our topic today is Special Growers, a nonprofit organization that specializes in growing culinary herbs and cut flowers for regional restaurants while offering workforce development and employment for people with disabilities. Several well-known restaurants in the East Tennessee area purchase the products produced by Special Growers, and this model could be replicated anywhere in the state or from wherever you might be listening from. Every year, they also host a series of fundraising dinners where well-known chefs from the area go to the farm and present a beautiful dinner for patrons right on the farm at Special Growers. And they are right in the midst of their summer dinner series right now. In October, they host their biggest fundraiser. 
more information specialgrowers.com and also I always put links to my guests at my website tennesseefarmtable.com there are pictures of the farm in Kent and Maria Laughlin who is the director of operations at Special Growers and some of the employees and you get a good idea of what it looks like it is a beautiful place up next is our friend Fred Sossman from Johnson City Today, Fred features a Chattanooga, Tennessee favorite, the Moon Pie. Fred recorded this in 2017 when the Moon Pie turned 100 years old. This is Potluck Radio. I'm Fred Sausman. The Moon Pie turns 100 this year. The idea for the original Graham cookie stuffed with marshmallow and covered with chocolate was born in the coal mining country of eastern Kentucky. Miners at a country store told Earl Mitchell from the Chattanooga Bakery in Tennessee they'd like that kind of confection in their lunch pails. And according to legend, one miner framed the moon with his hands and said, make it this big. The Moon Pie's legendary pairing with R.C. Cola took off when the country duo Lonzo and Oscar sang about it in 1951. Give me an R.C. Cola and a moon pie play maple on the hill. Moon Pies and R.C. Colas once sold for a nickel each, the working person's lunch. Moon Pies were often warmed up on automobile dashboards, but Tori Johnston, Moon Pie's marketing person, says the microwave does a better job. Everybody, even in this building, will tell you it's the best way to eat a Moon Pie. So if it's a mini Moon Pie, you'll put it in the microwave, you know, take it out of the wrapper, put it on a plate, heat it for, you know, five to seven seconds. Um, a big double-decker, if you want to do that, that's a 10 to 12-second job. I mean, even if it's a stale Moon Pie, even if it's past its code date, it brings it right back to its youth. I mean, it makes it soft, the marshmallow you know, the moisture from the marshmallow gets up into the cookie, and it, I mean, it is decadent. Over that 100-year history, new flavors and sizes were added, and today, Chattanooga Bakery turns out about a million moon pies a day. For Potluck Radio, I'm Fred Saucer. This is Johnny with Crooked Road Farm, and you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table. Thank you so much for joining us here today at the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. It has been an honor to have your good company. We always love to hear from you on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or through the website TennesseeFarmTable.com. I'd sure love to hear from you and swap some recipes and stories. Big thanks to Emmy Sunshine of Madisonville, Tennessee for the musical arrangement and singing and recording of our theme song. For updated appearances, schedule, news, and her new recording, connect with Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.